Please turn with me to Psalm 150. It's a real privilege today to describe to you something of the will of God for your life. There's a lot of us, maybe all of us at times, spend a lot of time worried and concerned and wondering what the will of God is and what his specific direction is for each of our lives in the place where he's put us. Well, the cool thing about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is that that means it's pretty clear what the will of God is for your life. And Psalm 150 leaves no doubt. So let me read Psalm 150 to you. Praise ye the Lord, period. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Amen. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Yes. Period. So what is the will of God for your life? Is there any question after reading this psalm? Thirteen times the word praise is commanded here in six verses. That's important. Yes. Praise ye the Lord. In these six short verses, the questions who, what, to whom, why, when, and a whole bunch of other answers are given in six verses. Let's look at verse 1. What? Praise. We know that each of the last five psalms in the book of Psalms begins and ends with the phrase, Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise ye the Lord. Right. We are to praise. The command to praise, laud, extol, magnify, ascribe, and generally recognize the attributes of the thrice holy God is presented clearly and concisely. This is not optional for you. That's right. This is not complicated. No. It doesn't matter if you like it. It doesn't matter if you're good at it or not. Do it. Praise ye the Lord. The question who is answered. Ye. Praise ye the Lord. Oftentimes an understood subject is implied but not stated. It's stated here. Ye. Praise the Lord. David's hearers and readers alike are included in his command. Very happily... This includes us Gentiles, as prophesied in the Old Testament and described in the New. Listen to these verses from Romans, pulled from the Old Testament. And that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy, as it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, Praise the Lord all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. We are included in this command to praise the Lord. The next question answered in verse 1 is whom? Praise the Lord, 
in all capital letters. What a great blessing to know who we are supposed to praise. We know that he exists, that he is our creator, and that he is our savior, all from the Old Testament. From the new, we know him personally as our own father and as our friend. Praise ye the Lord. Listen to this from Isaiah. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah, in all caps, the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Praise the Lord. Verse 1 also answers where? In his sanctuary. Praise ye the Lord from Psalm 111. Listen to this. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Also from Psalm 48, here's a good one. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, we're told. So in church, as Asaph in Psalm 73 sought refuge and recognized, in church is a great place to talk about the praise of the Lord as we speak one to another. In here, the praise of God ought to come out of our mouths often. We ought to enjoy it. We ought to enjoy hearing it from others. Each of our praise to God is unique. Yours is different than mine, given our backgrounds and experiences. God loves both, and so should we. A second place to praise God is mentioned in verse 1. In His creation, the firmament of His power. Wow! The invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. We can witness this by just looking up. We praise him based on what we see and experience in the world around us. Psalm 96 says several things like, Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, the sea roar, the field be joyful, the trees of the wood rejoice, etc. before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the world. Amen. 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 Verse 1 also implies the answer to when. In that it is an insistent command, praise ye the Lord, when are you to do it? Now. Right. Always. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. David says, evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he will hear my voice. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Let's do it now, and let's do it consistently always. Now, verse 2. Praise Him for His mighty acts, for His excellent greatness. Several Psalms give excellent historical timelines of His mighty acts. You and I can do the same from our own experiences, right? Psalm 136 is one of these. His mercy endureth forever is repeated 26 times in that psalm. In God's acts, here's why. In God's acts, we see who God is. We see how He thinks. We see how He acts. We see what He does. His works of creation, providence, and redemption all call for our praise. They are His acts, and they are His mighty acts. Praise Him. Praise Him for His excellent greatness. Listen to this. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. He is great in the sense of size, scope, scale of His influence and power. He is great in the sense of His majesty, His kingliness. He is great in the sense of his attributes, right, pure, consistent. There is nothing little about God, and there is nothing great apart from God. 
Amen. Let's recognize that and ascribe to him greatness. Verses 3 through 5. This is the reason I chose this psalm. Verses 3 through 5, they don't apply to us, do they? Yeah, this uh, trumpet and the psaltery and harp, you know, we're not allowed to have musical instruments in church and all that. So, you know, we just skip over these verses, right? Under the dispensation that David preached under, this was exactly appropriate and pushed the edge of what God commanded, right? He invented stringed instruments and other instruments to facilitate and to enhance the worship of God. Can we not do the same under the dispensation that God has placed us under? Let's exhaust all of our own abilities and all of our own resources to creatively and energetically and enthusiastically praise the Lord in our sphere of influence. This is how this psalm applies to us. What's the difference between a loud symbol and a high-sounding symbol? I don't have a clue. David did. He probably invented both of them, right? But there's a fine distinction between the two, and it was important enough to David and God to preserve that. So let's, let's find some fine distinctions in our own life and experience and words and actions that we can praise him with both. You see what I'm saying? So let's generate, let's get creative, let's, let's see everything we can that's available for, at, at our disposal to praise the Lord. If men are dull in the worship of the Lord our God, then they are not acting consistently with the character of their religion. That's a quote from Spurgeon. My tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. These are various quotes from Psalms that speak to this. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power, etc., etc. Ephesians 5 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. This is how we can fulfill those verses in our life. Now verse 6. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. This last verse answers those questions again. What, who, and whom. This is a universal exhortation. This call is extended loudly and immediately to every creature under heaven. If you breathe, by definition, you have a responsibility to praise. Is that right? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. He gave you breath, therefore... That breath must be used to praise him. Right. Now, we just all took one, didn't we? What are we doing with it, right? What are we doing with it? I suggest three, three things to keep in mind very quickly as you consider how you can bring more praise into your life. Go back and listen to the Attributes of God sermons. Amen. There's several dozen. Attributes of God like omnipotence, wisdom, mag- majesty, power, etc., purity, uh, that we can we can remember and talk of and think of. I suggest you consider his virtues, mercy, greatness, uh, purity. Whatsoever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, right? right. Sing more. Get more music in your life. Right. Uh, weave phrases like, I'm thankful for this and that into your speech, right? 
speak of his mighty acts and of his power. Psalm 50 verse 23 says this in closing. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth yes. me. Amen. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Amen. Thanksgiving is five weeks away. What can we do in the next five weeks to bring more praise into your speech and into your life? Amen. Think more, speak more, sing more yes, to God. Yes. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Amen.